on this week's episode is Disclosure Right Around the Corner. Then, a group of friends go on a beautiful weekend camping trip, but one of them is constantly missing. Finally, a couple goes hiking only to be attacked by a nine-foot-tall talking bear. This week on Strange Pathways... Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Strange Pathways. I am your host, Scott. I, uh, first off, an apology. I, uh, I didn't put out an episode last week. I had every intention of doing so. Sunday, I just felt, I felt horrible. Uh, I didn't know about the Canadian wildfires, and they have hit us hard. I am... For the first time in my life, I'm using an inhaler to try to get through stuff. I'm just coughing up. I'm, I'm in a mess. I'm, yeah, not feeling the greatest. Uh, but I had every intention of doing an episode on Monday, putting it out a little bit late, but getting one out there. And then Monday, I was, uh, Part of my job is I work with horses very lightly, very lightly. Uh, the one horse that I work with, her name is Matilda, and right now she's suffering from a fungal infection called rain rot. Uh, I was putting the medicine on her, gentleman I work with, Wayne, he was on the other side spreading the medicine around, whenever Matilda just kind of reared back and knocked me to the ground. And I mean, it was, it was bad. I was, I'm not a small guy. I weigh 350 pounds. And whenever I say Matilda knocked me off my feet, I don't mean she knocked me over. I mean, I went up, my feet left the ground and I hit. Matilda was angry. Whenever I hit the ground, I could hear her, her hooves pounding at the ground. So... I just kind of ignored the pain. I rolled underneath the fence and I just laid there for a while. Thankfully, I was just banged up. I did take the next day off work. It was, it was bad. I felt, I felt worse this time around than I did after my car accident, which is saying a lot. To be quite honest with you, I really wanted to take today off as well. I'm sure you hear it in my voice. I'm not feeling well. I'm coughing so much that my the muscles in my stomach are sore. But with everything that's going on, I strongly, strongly felt the need to to talk about it. I I desperately want to touch on two things that are happening out there right now. So the first was Las Vegas, April thirtieth, around eleven fifty p.m. Uh, a police officer. The body cam caught a glowing green light. You can go online and watch this. I'll link it over in the Facebook. And pretty soon, the Las Vegas Police Department, they're getting calls from a family that that they're seeing aliens in the backyard. That They're seeing a tall, skinny alien, a green alien, 8 to 10 feet tall, Hiding behind a forklift. The, the witness 
one of the witnesses, there were several, one of the witnesses said, I looked it in the eyes and my body just froze like I was having sleep paralysis. He had a weird looking face, big feet, a big shiny eyes and a big mouth. I can hear its loud, deep breathing and its stomach kept moving. He would just stare at me and seconds later I could move again. There's a 911 call. And in the 911 call, he's saying, they're not human. And the police come out and investigate. Why? Why do they take it seriously? Because they saw the craft. They saw the bright green light. Now, was what this family saw alien? Sure seems like it. Seriously seems like it. It... I can't imagine what else it would be. I can't think of any animal in Las Vegas that's 8 to 10 feet tall. And you listen to the gentleman, the witness talk, the family talk. And there doesn't seem to be any hint of a hoax. You look at the way the media is reporting this. The way the media is reporting UFOs in general. And they're taking it serious. For the first time... In my life, they're taking it serious. They're not doing that like, oh, what were people seeing? That little tongue-in-cheek BS that they do. Cue the X-Files theme. No. They're treating it as a serious story. So, hats off to the media. Finally. Finally. They're treating it with respect, the way it should be. But then it's not just that. It's also David Charles Grush. Now, who is David Charles Grush? He's a former intelligence official turned whistleblower. He's handed over to Congress and the intelligence community inspector general classified information about covert programs that possess retrieved intact and partially intact craft of extraterrestrial design. He's... It's... I'm stunned. I'm stunned. This dude, he's 36 years old. He's decorated. He's a combat officer in Afghanistan. Former combat officer. A veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. The NRO, the National Reconnaissance Office. And he's saying this information has been illegally withheld from Congress. And he's filed a complaint. He's tired of it, allegedly. Grush has said that they've recovered partial fragments and intact vehicles for decades, all the way through to the present day. And... And these craft are not human made. They, these craft, they, they possess unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures. His words, not mine. Grush is saying there's been a decades long publicly unknown cold war for recover material. We're in competition, not just with other countries, but with companies. And Grush has provided 
Congress with hours of recorded classified information. Hundreds of pages. Now, Congress hasn't gotten any physical materials. No bodies. Anything like that. But this is big. Grush came forward because he said the this operation is illegally shielded from proper congressional oversight. And because he was targeted and harassed because of this investigation. I don't... I don't know if I trust Grush yet. I want to. I I want to. But a very big part of me looks at Grush and and says, is this the next next Richard Doty? And if you don't know who Richard Doty is, please go watch the amazing documentary Mirage Men. It's if you're not angry by the end of Mirage Men, I don't know what movie you've been watching. Because obviously you've not been paying attention. What Richard Doty and the U.S. government did to Paul Benowitz? In my mind, it's not just criminal what they did to Paul Benowitz. It, it makes me hope that there's a hell so they go to it. How dare they do that to, to any human being at all? It's disgusting. And I worry, I worry that what we're seeing with Grush is another Richard Doty problem. What we may be seeing, we've got to be careful. We absolutely have to be careful because what we may be seeing is a psyop. I want it to be real. Dear God in heaven, I want this to be real. The man. There is a stink of psyop on it. There is the stink of this is the next Richard Doty. And what they did to Paul Benowitz, they're now trying to do to the rest of us. Our first tale is going to take us back to the spring of 2021, location unknown. Now, this was posted on Reddit by user NormanQuacks345. I went through Norman's post history. And unless it's a throwaway account, like if I go through a post history of somebody and every other post is about, like, oh, I saw a UFO. There was a ghost, there was a ghost that tormented my grandfather. I kind of toss it away. But Norman's post history is not like that. Really, this is the only paranormal post that, that Norman Quacks has made that I could find. 
Now, that spring, that spring of 2021, Norman took a trip with six of his friends. They, they were packing up the car. They were getting ready to go. But they kind of hesitated. They hesitated just a little bit because they felt like they were missing someone. Now, they knew that they had seven people on this trip. They counted heads. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Everybody's there. But they could not shake the feeling that someone was missing. And this kept happening. Norman says that it it felt like somebody was in the bathroom. Somebody was still back at the campsite. But everyone would be present. One night, Norman and his friends, they're sitting by the fire. Six of them were around the fire. One of them was at the picnic table, about ten feet away. He was fully aware that that person at the picnic table was there. But he has this strong feeling that he can't get rid of. Someone is missing from this group. They're in the car. They're at the bathroom. But Norman physically counts how many people? All seven. Another, another incident. They were playing cards. All seven of them are sitting at the table. But they, they didn't start the game because they felt like someone was missing. Someone then chirped up and went, Oh yeah, everyone's here. I thought we were missing someone. Six of the seven sitting at that table felt this way. I've never really heard of anything like this. A a phantom friend, if you will. Someone that should be there that isn't. I think the closest thing I've ever heard of is the third man syndrome, where somebody in a state of extreme duress will... And I use this term just because it's, it's the only term that's available. They'll hallucinate someone who gives them advice or motivation to keep moving on. But this was, were they feeling a presence that was there, but they couldn't see? Was there indeed an eighth person with them? But that person was of a non-corporeal nature. Or we do hear of time slips. Perhaps this group did start out as eight people. And somewhere along the line, time rearranged itself in such a way that number eight got erased. It, I have heard stories of that people 
people who believe that they went to school with a person that the that they remember this person very very clearly but whenever they go and try to find them they're gone never existed the family never had a child that matched that description even though even though there are others some people will remember some people will not has something like this ever happened to you I would love to hear about it. If so, please email me strangepathwaysmail at gmail.com. I would love, and I mean love, to hear of more incidents like this. Because I bet if we start asking, this is more common than we believe. Our last tale is going to take us back to July 7th, 1985, Greenwater, Washington. Stephanie McKay and her husband were camping, enjoying a night out in the woods, when around sunrise, they were awoken by their tent being attacked from the outside. Immediately. Immediately, the first thought that comes to Stephanie and her husband's mind is a bear. The, the couple flee the tent and they find themselves face to face with a supernaturally large brown bear. Stephanie, by by her estimations, said that this bear was nine feet tall and weighed at least a ton. It was it was double the width of an ordinary adult brown bear. What must have been going through their minds? This is probably this is it. I'm. I'm terrified of bears because a mountain lion, a wolf, well, they'll at least kill you. But bears, bears don't wait for you to die. Bears just start eating. This, this bear is standing on its hind legs looking at them. They're looking at it. And then, in a very high-pitched voice, almost as if somebody inhaled helium, the bear asked them what their names are. It was authoritative. It was stern. But it asked, what are your names in a very, very high-pitched voice. Now, of course, Stephanie and her husband, they're stunned. 
They, they don't know what to say. And this annoyed the bear, who again demands to know their names. So they tell him. And then the bear asks, do you have permission to be in this area? Do you have permission to camp on this property? Stephanie, her husband, it was tried to explain that, yes, they did have permission to be in the area and camp. This, this part of land was owned by a friend of theirs. But the brown bear says, no, it's not. No, it is not. You need to leave immediately. You need to gather your things and get out. You need to leave now. I know what I'd do if a nine-foot-tall talking bear asked me to leave. I would leave, and that's exactly what Stephanie and her husband did. They packed up their stuff, and then whenever the bear decided they were not moving fast enough, the bear started to throw rocks. Not hitting the couple, but definitely aimed at their immediate direction. Now that really sounds familiar, doesn't it? You know, rock throwing is, is one of the things that the Bigfoot tends to do. And just like Bigfoot, the bear is not trying to hit them with the rocks, but kind of using the rocks as a motivator, leave as quickly as possible. They wanted to report this. And reported they did. They reported it to the Greenwater Fire Department. Now the fire department went out there, inspected the campsite, and found what they called abnormally large dog tracks. The fire, fire department then scolded the couple for camping in the area. The, the risk of forest fires was, was really high that year. The, however, there, the, the friend that owned the property would occasionally tell off people who were camping there. And the bear used the same wording as, as the owners of the property whenever whenever they were scaring off others. Very odd. I will say this. I, I have studied at a nauseating level of detail the missing 411 occurrences. And it, it seems... It seems like there, there's this aspect of the phenomena that happens a lot to children. And that is a Mr. Wolf and a Mr. Bear. They'll, they'll say stuff like, Mr. Wolf wouldn't let me scream for help. Or Mr. Bear kept me warm at night by sleeping with me. Mr. Bear ate my gloves, my hats, my clothing. 
Mr. Wolf fed me berries. Is, is what this couple saw, is what this couple saw, the Mr. Wolf, Mr. Bear phenomena from the missing 411 cases? Or were they, were both of them that fear, that fear of, of being attacked by a bear? Were both of them kind of in like a dreamlike state? You know, they were awoken at sunrise. I think they both knew they shouldn't be camping there. But they're, They're half asleep, and what they thought, what they thought was a bear in their half-asleep mind was just some angry woman yelling at them? I mean, I've had waking dreams, stuff like that, but nothing that ever lasted, you know, packing up stuff. I, I, I suppose it's possible, but... Man, it's really unlikely. And I will say this. None of my waking dreams have ever, ever thrown rocks at me. Thank you for joining me once again this week on Strange Pathways. If you are having mental health problems dealing with a paranormal incident, please reach out to the PRUS Network at www.opusnetwork.org. There is a link in the show notes below. Join us over on Twitter, Pathway Strange. Join us on TikTok and Instagram, Strange Pathways Podcast. Head over to our Facebook. We're going to have a few images uh, dealing with the cases. Not a lot. There wasn't a lot of photos to have uh, have with these cases this week. But there will be a few things up there, especially linking to the whistleblower and the Las Vegas sighting. Uh, there will be plenty of stuff up there about that. If you'd like to email me, please do so. Strangepathwaysmail at gmail.com. If you go over to YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe, and be sure to tell a friend, a family member about Strange Pathways. You know you have that one friend or family member that's absolutely going to love this. Thank you one more time for joining us here this week. Take care of yourselves and each other. (laughs) 